Good afternoon and welcome to the Daily Take on Young News Podcast with your host Johnny Phillips on this Sunday, May 17th, 2020, sharing with you my thoughts on current events. And today's topics are college football, doctor censorship, and snowflake teachers. And we begin first with college football. This comes out of the Wall Street Journal and it reads here that it's not clear if the college football season will start on time or at all and whether fans will be allowed to attend when play begins. But as the overseer of a program that is heavily dependent on fan traditions, Bjork is already grappling with the question of how to stage a game at a time when a pandemic has posed previously unasked questions about all mass gatherings. Okay, and so this is something obviously posed specifically in this case, in this article, towards the, uh, towards the University, Texas A&M University. And obviously, they're wondering, like, what are we going to do about the situation? And look, if you don't have fans, you don't have college football. I'm going to repeat that again. If you don't have fans, you don't have college football. And if you think that people are going to go into a stadium and have three seats separate them from everybody else, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're absolutely insane. No one wants to go to a college football game, okay, with one-third of the people Inside, do you understand? Do you know why people spend a lot of money going to these games in Alabama, in Mississippi, in Georgia? Do you know why they do? They do it so that they're like jammed up against each other, so that they're shouting, that they're screaming, that they're yelling. It's your advantage. That's why it's called home field advantage. Okay, when you put 33% of the people, okay, in that stadium, take 66% out, you no longer have home field advantage and you no longer have that vibrant amazing, unbelievable spirit that is so important to the game of college football. So this is a very interesting topic, a very fascinating topic to look at because of the impact it has specifically in the South and obviously in other parts of the country, but specifically the South. Look, I don't think they're going to give up their college football in the South. I think that they're going to say, give me liberty or give me death. I want my college football or don't give me anything at all. Okay, and I think people are willing to take that risk down south. I think people understand, especially young people. Young people want to live. Young people want to experiment. Young people want to be adventurous. They need to be adventurous. They need to push the envelope. They need to be in environments where, quote unquote, there's a risk factor involved. And when we're talking about a risk factor here, I think it's very important to note. You don't have a 10% chance of dying, a 5% chance of dying. You don't... The risk is so low, so incredibly low, that to have articles like this <clears throat> and not put into context the type of risk that they are taking and just automatically say that it's a very, it's a major risk that people have to worry about is a lie. Okay, it's not. It's not a major risk. Okay, when you have a bunch of young people going into a, a college stadium, having a great time, this, their spirits are alive. They're just taking, they're taking everything in part of that college experience. To take that away from them is a lot worse than allowing them to participate in this situation. Now, if you want to put an age restriction on the people that come in, maybe we can talk. If you want to say that people who have preconditions can't come into the stadium, we can talk. But to automatically say, and I'm, by the way, I'm against both of those. Okay, but if we're going to do anything, you have to start there first. You can't just say every kid, specifically between the age of 18 and 24, is now going to have to socially distance themselves so that there's only 33% of the people that are inside these stadiums. So you might as well just get rid of college football altogether. Okay, and this is coming from someone who's not economically tied to college football. I'm not even someone who watches you know, college football on a regular basis. Okay, but I can see that this is wrong, and I can see why there's a lot of people, especially in the South, that will be saying... 
give me liberty or give me death because you either give me the way I want college football with the spirit very high and the energy really high and people excited and the tailgating and the packed audiences and the packed stadiums. Give me that atmosphere or give me nothing because you cannot have college football without college fans. You just can't do it. Okay, so that's something very important to kind of kind of keep your mind, uh, keep your keep your eye on as as we go forward here, and as the summer as the summer as we approach summer, and obviously we go into the fall. Now, I do want to bring up doctor censorship again, another doctor. And remember, the the most frustrating part about what is going on here is that these doctors are not saying things that are ludicrous. These doctors are just questioning the status quo. And I thought we lived in the United States of America. I thought that it was actually welcomed. I thought that we championed people who would question the status quo. But apparently, that's not the case anymore. Apparently, the Bill of Rights and the civil liberties that were taught to us and that we have are no longer relevant. Because there is another doctor. His name is Dr. Newt. Witkowski. He's former head of biostatistics uh, epidemiology and research design at Rockefeller University. He says YouTube removed a video of him talking about the virus. Not violence, not advocating for violence, not blackmailing people, not saying that the world is flat. Okay, He gave his views on the virus, which racked up more than 1.3 million views. And it's incredibly that this is this is incredible that this is happening. And and unfortunately, he's not alone. Many people know about the very two the two famous California doctors that held a press conference. You have obviously Dr. Rashid Buttar that obviously was removed from YouTube when he did a five part series, I believe, and he talked about the coronavirus. Uh, you have several other doctors. I, I hope I don't butcher his name. I believe his name is Andrew Kaufman. Dr. Kaufman came on, and uh, there's other ones, Robert F. Kennedy. There's a lot of doctors that that have questioned the status quo and as a result of questioning the status quo they are being removed from places like Facebook from places like YouTube and people need to understand that this is happening these are not people who are advocating for violence these are not people who are saying okay that uh, you should blackmail people and that you should loot and you should riot and that the you know is making ridiculous claims like the world is flat Okay, but it's but but these are people that are questioning the status quo, and it's really unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because now what I've learned is that there's a new dictionary out there, ladies and gentlemen. There's a new dictionary, and the dictionary looks something like this. Okay, if you now okay believe that some vaccinations are bad, you are now branded anti-vax. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. Okay, some things you might be against. And automatically you are anti-vax, okay? That is incredible, the steps that we have. It is incredible the steps that we have taken as a society to now say that because you're against some things, now you are completely against all things that that are in that name, okay? And vaccinations are only the one thing that I can bring up, but I can bring up a lot of things, okay? If you now question one thing that the government says about COVID-19, you are now a COVID-19 denier. Okay, I'm not making this stuff up. This is the trend. And and this is not just COVID-19 stuff. This is not just vaccination stuff. This goes to uh, uh, anything from like climate change to uh, your comments on, on sex and gender. Okay, if you are against some policies, you are now a completely anti that group. If you are against some of the climate change initiatives that are taking place, you are now anti-climate change. If you are against some of the LGBT initiatives that are being put forward, you are now anti-gay, anti-lesbian, anti-LGBT. 
Okay, there's no room for free speech. There's no room for a conversation. There's no room to taking a moderate approach. You either accept all the dogma coming out of a particular point of worldview or nothing at all. And it's incredible that it's happening. You know, it started in, in different spots. It started obviously with environment and environmentalist groups. And then, you know, if you were not a, not in favor of all environmentalist measures that wanted to be pushed and lobbied for government to do, okay, you are now considered anti-environment, okay? This happened with gun legislation, right? If you were against some of the things that were proposed, okay, then you were totally, totally anti-gun control, okay? And so this is just incredible. It poured over to so many different parts of our society. And now we get to the COVID-19 situation. And now you get to people who say, look, I'm really questioning the measures that are taking place by governments. And I don't think that they're looking at the consequences that these that their decisions um, will make. Like they're not, they're, they're not questioning. They're looking at the consequences. They're not, governments are not looking, okay, at their actions and seeing some of the negative things that are going to happen and are happening as a result of what they're doing. Okay. And if you question, if you decide like this, Dr. Newt Witkowski to say, look, we should look at what's going on here and say, mm, maybe this is not the best, best idea. Maybe according to him, he believes that, you know, we should achieve a herd immunity and that short of a vaccine, the pandemic will uh, only end after it has uh, sufficiently spread through the population. Just suggesting herd immunity, suggesting the fact that this is our best way forward, okay, can get you shut down from YouTube. Okay, this is the kind of world we're living in now. And, and I know a lot of people are waking up. I mean, these are moderates, classical liberals, conservatives, libertarians. Like, these are people that are coming together and saying, do are we are we calling the country that we live in the United States of America or are we going to just forfeit that name because if we're going to act like this we have to forfeit that name we have to forfeit our constitution altogether let's just be really honest about this let's bow down to China let's bow down to more authoritarian like regimes and more authoritarian like collectivist worldviews and say that our experiment and our country is finished and the past is the past get rid of it and we're going to move on to a more postmodern I don't know how you want to call it, neo-authoritarian, neo-collectivist type of country. Just be honest about it. If that's what you want, then say it, okay? Then say it. The re remove the red, white, and blue from our flag. Remove the stars and stripes, okay? And put up a new flag. Put up a new flag and call yourself what you are, okay? Because this isn't the United States of America when you have a professor, a well-known, well-educated, highly intelligent professor coming out and all he's doing is coming out with an opinion, an opinion about the virus and about what he thinks is do what we're doing wrong and what he thinks is the best thing to do. And he's being shut down from YouTube. But some guy can uh, can label other people on the internet and on YouTube with death threats. Some people can use and instigate violence. Other people can say that the world is flat, but they're perfectly fine. They they can remain on YouTube, but these this guy can't. It's it's really sad when you look at the situation. So moving on, I want to finish off with snowflake teachers. And this is fascinating to this is fascinating uh, to me because for the longest time we always said that students were snowflakes, right? That they were scared, that they needed a safe space, and this was ridiculous, and that like we were coddling these kids and that teachers really couldn't you know, really push kids and challenge kids because they were afraid that kids were going to cry and go home to their parents. And their parents were going to complain that the teacher was mean and the teachers can get fired or at least reprimanded by the administrator because the administrator has pressure from the parents and the board of ed and all that nonsense, right? It was always snowflake students. Well, now we have snowflake teachers. 
Now we have a bunch of snowflake teachers in our society. And they're saying to themselves, it's not safe. I can't go back to school. I don't know. I might get sick. Kids are, are filled with germs and I don't want this. And my union's got to protect me. And unfortunately, you're right. The union is protecting you. The union is allowing you to sit home and collect a paycheck by just watching a screen all day long. Wow, that's fantastic. Wow, your taxpayers out there are really going to, to good use right now if you're out there. This is fantastic. This is exactly why we pay taxes. This is exactly why... We, we want people like teachers in our society. Yeah, so they can sit at home and watch a screen and teach our kids online. That's exactly why we pay them and give them the benefits that they have, okay? This is absolutely insane, but it's true. And it's it's crazy that it's really only happening right now in the United, in the United Kingdom and in America. And there is a lot of speculation as to why this is. Look, my, my instinct is that I think that I've been right on this all along. I've said this is all about lawsuits. This is about districts afraid that teachers specifically between the ages of 50 and 70 years old are going to sue the district for putting them in harm's way that this is ultimately what this is coming down to this is coming down to lawsuits this is coming down to class action lawsuits that potentially could be filed in the name of this virus and this is incredibly stupid this is not sustainable this is incredibly selfish from the large majority of our teachers. And now you have parents all across the country, parents with one, two, three, four kids, parents all across the country told that they have to sit down and shut up, that they have to stay home and educate their kids because these selfish teachers out there don't wanna do what nurses are doing, what uh, 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 drivers are doing, all sorts of people are out there working and teachers are saying, oh, but it's not safe. I'm a snowflake and I have to stay home. Like, this is not acceptable. And I think every teacher who doesn't want to go to a school and doesn't want to take a risk that there might be some germ that miraculously somehow gets them sick and then a very low percentage goes to a hospital and then maybe of that low, low percentage, 0.001%, whatever you want to call it, okay, can be fatal. If they don't want to take that risk, then you know what? Send your two weeks notice in today. Send it in because you don't deserve to teach kids. You don't deserve to get our tax dollars, okay, to fund your pension and your benefits and your salary. Take that two-week notice, send it to your administrator because you don't deserve to teach anymore. These kids deserve a lot more. And unfortunately, you got a lot of snowflake teachers out there. You got a lot of teachers out there that are soft, that are snowflakes, that don't want to go out there and educate kids because they're scared, because they listen to what the union has to say and they can't think for themselves. This is absolutely insanity. I can't believe there's not enough parents out there speaking up at the ridiculous lack of courage and lack of willingness, okay, to help the community that they work in, okay, deal with this situation. And instead, no, they're not going to help. They're going to stay at home. They're going to look at a screen. They're going to collect their paycheck. They're going to get their pension. They're going to get their healthcare benefits and think that everything's okay. Oh yeah, everything's okay. You know what? I have a new suggestion out there. You know what I think every teacher should do? Every teacher's house should now be a daycare center. That should be the rule. Under a John Phillips administrator uh, administration, if you are a teacher and you don't want to go to work, then your house automatically becomes a daycare center. And every single student that you had, their parents have the right to drop their kids off at your house. That's what I believe in. That's what I think should happen. But unfortunately, you got snowflake teachers and you got a bunch of bullies in the unions. And obviously, when you mix those two together, you're going to get completely underperformed 
you're going to get you're going to get people who are completely underperforming at their jobs, and you're not going to have a sustainable sustainable educational society. Uh, you're not going to have a sustainable educational system inside of your society. That's a fact. Okay, so this is something that's really kind of struck a nerve. Um, you know, I don't know where we're going to go from here. I can tell you right now that you have to make a decision when you live every single day to take risks. You don't get to wake up and say, there's no such thing as risk. I'm not going to take risks. Everything has risks. Everything has risks. And the decisions that governments are making right now have risks, whether they are pro-lockdown, anti-lockdown, whatever the case is, there are risks involved. And if you think for one second that we can just say to our college kids out there, no more college football. If you think for one second you can say to parents and say, no more school, keep the kids at home. If you think, okay, for one second that you can continue to censor doctors out there, just giving them their opinion on what is going on today. If you think that's sustainable and you think the American people are going to take it and expect that they're just going to, and you think that they're going to just bow down and kiss the government's ring, you got another thing coming for you. Okay, I'd be very careful how much you push people, okay, because it's only a matter of time where the people rise up and they say enough is enough and the people in power can hear their voices and they'll go out of power and they'll go home and they'll take a walk and we'll say sayonara to you, okay, because that's what's coming, okay, you've pushed people to the brink and you've also totally pushed a bunch of false information, a bunch of misinformation, a bunch of fake news, you've panicked people, you've pumped people up with fear, Okay, you've separated families, you've done all sorts of nonsense, you've wrecked the economy, and you think all of a sudden we're just going to print a bunch of money and everyone's just going to sit home, chill, live in a cage, and do, 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 and have educational programs on their screens all day long, and have all the prices of everything in the world just stay the exact same, and have things on our shelves, and make sure that everything's okay, and no one's going to get sick, and no one's going to get hurt, and there'll be no riots, and there'll be no depression, and there'll be no recession, there'll be no problems, there'll be no sin. If that is, you really think, I tell you what, if you think that's the world that we're going to be able to live in, you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. Okay. But unfortunately, a lot of people are going down that road of, uh, uh, a, a lot of people are going down that road and a lot of people believe that type of thinking and it's unfortunate. It is what it is. There's not much you can do about it, but with all that said, okay, tomorrow's a new day. Today's a new day. There's still a lot of good things happening. Look, I mentioned late earlier this week. I think it's a great story that Wisconsin's judge judges shut down the decision to lock down the entire state. I think it's a great win for freedom. I think it's a great win when you have a lot of people like Elon Musk making it very clear, okay, not someone who's a radically right-wing conservative, a pro-Trump guy, a pro-Republican guy. He's just a guy who does business in a liberal progressive state and says that your model and your strategy is unsustainable. And I think when you start hearing his voice, when you start hearing people outside of that pro-Republican, pro-Trump base saying that there are some major problems with the decisions that we're making, I think there's hope. I think there's hope for a little bit of a rebound. There's hope that people can go outside to be optimistic, to be free, to have a spirit again, instead of being locked up in a cage. So with that said, this is the Daily Take on Young News Podcast. I'll be back tomorrow.